You're listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org. So before Cheryl reads the scripture, I wanted to uh, just tell you a little bit about it. It comes from uh, Proverbs chapter 17. And uh, I'll be honest, I don't often preach on Proverbs. Um, It's a collection or collections of sayings, little bits of wisdom. So it's hard to kind of sometimes just pull out a whole sermon out of this little bits of wisdom. Now, Proverbs, along with Psalms, Job, and Song of Solomon, are wisdom literature. And the wisdom literature is an ancient Israel and uh, early Judaism excuse me, wisdom literature in ancient Israel and early Judaism includes at least six important elements. Knowledge, imagination, discipline, piety, order, and moral instruction. The book of Proverbs itself is hard to date. Most interpreters believe that Proverbs is a compilation of many authors over many centuries uh, and their words of wisdom over that whole time. And the proverb we focus on today, though, found in chapter 17, is part of the second collection within the book, and it consists of chapters 10 through 22. They are considered Proverbs of Solomon. Now, even though they're called the Proverbs of Solomon, that doesn't mean necessarily that Solomon wrote the Proverbs. Um, it's actually believed to be a post-exilic sages living in Judah who wrote these. But they trusted in the monarchy and they were hoping for the reinstitution of this royal dynasty and looking for the legitimization that comes from the monarchy. So they were looking to legitimize their work. Many of the mostly uh, two-lined proverbs are found in this portion and they're aimed at the young among state sages and nobility. Chapter 17 of Proverbs focuses on divine judgment and behavior in the court, but also moral life and proper social roles in the family household. It suggests the value of kinship and the importance of community in both the city and the village. Friendship clearly has a significant value in chapter 17. It's evidenced in today's reading as well as um, chapter 17, verse 9, which says, One who forgives an affront fosters friendship, but one who dwells on disputes will alienate a friend. And in 7.17, a friend loves at all times. Today's scripture comes from Proverbs, chapter 17, verses 17 through 19. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. The one who guards a fig tree will eat its fruit, and whoever protects their master will be honored. As water reflects the face, so one's life reflects the heart. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Let me just say one more time, welcome. Welcome to church. 
It's good to see you. It's been nice today to see people who are gone a lot during the summer come back. It's good to be together. We're kicking off the new year, the new program year at the church, the new school year, and we are doing so with anticipation and excitement. We've got a ministry fair today and a picnic and so many opportunities to live your faith, to grow in faith, to serve God and God's people, and also have some fun. Yes, today is all about connecting people to people and people to God. You've heard that before, of course. It's our mission statement, words that uh, we've memorized and taken to heart, words that even our children can recite. It's what we as a church strive to do through a multitude of ways. And it's exemplified in our core values of committed to Christ, growing in faith, transformational mission, inclusion for all, and extravagant generosity. These are the values that were first presented by the leadership team to the 2020 Charge Conference uh, before I came and will be affirmed this year at our uh, Charge Conference in November. Now, over the next few weeks, we will explore each of those values under this theme of it takes a village. Villages are all about connections, relationships, people being there for each other, journeying through life together. And the church is like a village. The people here care for you, pray for you, reach out to you, bring you dinner, have you over for dinner, have fun with you, watch your kids sit with you with bad news and celebrate with you with good news. As one who has moved a family a few times now, each time we've moved, I've wondered, what am I going to do without my village? And I look and find my village, and the people who will journey with me in this time in our lives, and each time I've found that village in the church. We all need a village. We all need church. Why do we need a village or why do we need church? Well, I think we should begin by first talking about what is church. And my husband, um, Reverend Mike Mayo Moyle, did some research a while ago on what is church. And I think that his words are helpful, so I'm going to quote him here. The first word, uh, the, the English word church is derived from the old Anglo-Saxon word cirque which in turn is rooted in the German word kirch, which can be further traced back to the Greek word kyriakon, a word that means Lord's house or a building dedicated to God. Now that makes sense, right? When we think of church, that's what we think of, the altar, the pews coming in here into this space, the building that surrounds us, this is church. Yet there's a problem with this definition. The Greek word kirikon doesn't appear in the Bible. Whenever we read the word church in our English translations of the Bible, the Greek being used isn't kirikon, which is the idea of the holy building. Look at Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. Jesus said to Peter, and I tell you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. Here the Greek isn't kirikon, but ecclesia, which refers to a gathering, an assembly of people who have been called out. So did you get that? The church is people. 
It's you and me and the person sitting behind you and next to you. It's the baby crying and the preacher's kid who doesn't want a lot of attention and the little girl who sings a solo and finds her voice and the boy who walks through the door knowing that this is the only place he can be himself. It's the widow who desperately needs community and the father who is struggling to find his way. And it's not even just inside these walls. It's also those who are worshiping with us virtually and across the street and down the road and in Waterford and Flint and Detroit and Des Moines and San Francisco and in Umbunqua, Oregon, and in refugee camps and burnout buildings and in fields without walls. And it's all the generations who came before us sharing the story of Jesus Christ, passing on the faith that we now share today. Church isn't something you can come to. It's something you are. It's who we are. It's a village of people with the same purpose. And at Clarkston United Methodist Church, we have said that our purpose is connecting people to people and people to God. Now, why is that our mission statement? Because we need God and we need each other. We need each other to help us to see God, to help us grow in faith, to care for each other, to, to challenge each other. And in doing those things, we find ourselves connecting with God, becoming stronger in our faith, and becoming the people that we want to be as God sees us. The proverb read today says, As iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one another. Now, it's an obvious metaphor, but what does it actually really mean? And is iron really able to sharpen iron? <clears throat> because when you think about it, that doesn't necessarily work. So I did some research on this, and this is my shout-out to the engineers and the chemists and all of, all of you. Mr. Bill Cravens, an engineer who studied at U of M and the Illinois Institute of Technology, says, Carbon is a lovely thing in iron. And it's really what permits iron to have such a fantastic range of properties and uses. Too little carbon and relatively pure iron is actually fairly soft and yielding. Easily worked, but not very strong or res resistant. Too much carbon, cast iron from a blast furnace, contains about 3.5% to 4% carbon, and the resulting alloy is brittle and unworkable and very hard. Now, ancient smiths knew none of the underlying causes, of course, but became brilliant artisans and craftsmen by doggedly experimenting with various processes and techniques, recarburizing a well-forged tool, getting it hammered into shape, and then burying it into a hotbed of coals and allowing excess carbon to re-diffuse into it, and then quenching the surface could produce a tool with a hard and abrasion-resistant surface, but with a more durable and resilient substrate. With extensive use, the tools would wear down to the softer underlayer. So yes, <clears throat> given what the ancient writers knew as iron, metallic iron reduced from oxide by carbon and with varying levels of recarburization at the surface, one could indeed sharpen iron implements with the other iron implements. So when iron sharpens iron, tools work better, stronger, more effectively. And the Proverbs suggest that we are like iron when we sharpen each other, when we support each other, when we teach each other and encourage each other and learn together and worship together. We become stronger 
and sharper, more effective in our discipleship. And we need a community in order to do our best. But also because the world is lonely. And God has created us for relationship, birthed a church so that we can be community for one another because it takes a village. Last Palm Sunday, no one would have thought that when Bill Ballou got sick and went into the hospital, he wouldn't come home again until August 30th. But that's what happened. He spent weeks in the ICU and then in rehab, and he was actually here this Sunday at 9 o'clock. He's home and doing great. His wife Sandy has said to me that they have a story of what the church has meant to them and the power of prayer. And I'm sure that the two of them will share that in their own words at some point about how the church was their village. Now, Sandy spent all day, every day, at the hospital with Bill, advocating for him and supporting him. And she'd come home late at night, and there would be food on the porch or a plant on the porch. She'd receive quick texts checking in with her, saying, thinking of you. People visited them in the hospital and brought her, brought her dinner to the hospital. Church members picked up their son Mitchell from the airport and helped their son William to move out of his apartment in Ann Arbor. Church members brought her mom to the hospital so she could see Sandy and Bill. There were soup deliveries, meal deliveries, a tray of cookies dropped off for Sandy to give to the hospital staff to thank them for their care for Bill. Her fridge was stocked with healthy snacks to take to the hospital. There were calls and texts offering to help with weeding and lawn care and cleaning and windows and laundry and groceries and running errands. And then with the news that Bill was coming home, there was help with a ramp so he could get into the home, assistance with getting the home ready, and he came home to welcome home signs and balloons and a parade of church friends. We would never have gotten through this without our church family, Sandy says. The strength that it has given us was just amazing. As iron sharpens iron, so we sharpen one another. Time and again, I hear people who have gone through tough tragedy saying, I don't know how people get through something like this without their church. Friends, we all need a village, a place of community and connection, people who show us what God's love is like, who help us to grow in our faith and our witness. COVID has tried to threaten that, isolated us. It's too easy to just get into a rhythm that doesn't involve church. But Clarkston United Methodist Church has something to offer. Friendships and mission opportunities and small groups and faith formation, ways to give back and to pay it forward, worship that fills and blesses people who will surround you and show you God's love. We will be your village. And together we will connect people to people and people to God, and we will sharpen one another. Amen. You've been listening to the weekly sermon from Clarkston United Methodist Church in Michigan. We are a church dedicated to connecting people to people and people to God. To learn more, visit us at clarkstonumc.org.